Hey folks, welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire Podcast and the Mindset Matters Edition, where I'm joined by my wife and Olympic mental performance coach, Stephanie Hanlon-Francie. Together, Stephanie and I engage in a conversation about different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters. We believe that we're living in and through one of the most impactful global events in history. And let's face it, few have trained for or are equipped to deal with the life that is unfolding before them. The need to pivot in your business, your career, or perhaps deal with shifting family dynamics lies before many. We hope to inspire you to ask yourself questions or pause to consider how you view your world, your life. We'll invite you to check in on where you are on your journey, and are you still clear on your intended destination, or has it changed? Join us for this in our series of Mindset Matters. Listen in, enjoy. Hey folks, welcome to the Everyday Millionaire Podcast, Mindset Matters Edition. I'm joined today by my host, who's not my wife, but is replacing her in this episode because Stephanie is in France at the World Figure Skating Championships, doing what she does. JG Francoeur. Chief Growth Officer for the Real Estate Investment Network, CEO of Vistier Properties, all-around cool cat, one of my very, very good friends. And we're here talking Mindset Matters because you do a good job of that shit. Mindset Matters. Can't wait. I'm, I'm excited for this topic. Okay, so we're talking about decisions, decision-making, and uh, you have a process. You think through things differently than many. Uh, my observation of how you make decisions has always been something we've talked about you know, touch on. So let's talk about making decisions. What the hell gets in people's way of making decisions, JG? What gets in people's way? That is a, that's a big question. Well, one of the things that gets in their way is there's the story they're telling themselves about the judgment of other people is, is a big part. That gets that's in a, that all, it comes back to that so many times, doesn't it? I mean, shit, that's, if you can just understand that you pretty much conquered 80% of life right there. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so true. So true. All you got to get is that and you got about 80% of it figured out. So, you know, that's a big part of it. Obviously ego is uh is a big part of it. Being scared to be wrong is is typically the one of the biggest things but you ask yourself okay why am i scared to be wrong then it goes into the parts about judgment and ego and all that stuff but really it's people being afraid to be wrong and uh and that's why they don't want to make a decision because it's either there's there's three options it's either i sit on the fence it's either I say yes, I say no, or I sit on the fence. And just like in the episode we talked about language, a lot of people, because of their story of judgment and so on and so forth, they are they would rather sit on the fence because it's non-committal. And when I don't commit, I don't have to take responsibility because our entire world is built on avoiding responsibility, which is just asinine and crazy. But that's how a lot of people are raised. That's how a lot of people... That that's what they see. That's the story they tell themselves. And by the way, this is totally unconscious. People don't understand that's what's happening. It's all happening subconsciously, but still, that is what's happening. So as a result of this unwillingness to commit and this inability to take responsibility, they don't want to make a decision. And all of that get, gets wrapped up into excuses, and, uh, and then it leads to not making a decision and... Uh, and there's not, and I'll tell you this, there is nothing good 
on the fence, nothing. It never works out well when you're sitting on the fence and you're undecided about something, never. I've never seen it work out well. It's either decide yes or decide no and give yourself the permission to make a new decision at a later point. And uh, that's my opening rant right there. That was quite a bit. But it's a good rant. You know, I I agree with you. When we sit on the fence, if you're really aware that you're on the fence, and a lot of people aren't aware that they're on the fence. If you're aware that you're on the fence, you're looking for something that you're going to make a final decision, but you're actually searching for some clues or you're searching, you're going to get some more information. But ultimately, if you're not aware that you're sitting on the fence, or you could be unaware that you're sitting on the fence, but you're waiting for something to happen. That's being reactive. And then you don't know who's going to knock you off the fence or what's going to knock you off the fence or what side of the fence you're going to land on. So we're not sitting on the fence. We're choosing to not make a decision yet. Okay. That's different than sitting on the fence and being wishy-washy. I 100% disagree. And here's why. And that's because in that moment, your your decision is no. Because your decision is always yes or no. That's it. You only have two choices. And in my view, now, you if you decide no and give yourself the permission to make a new decision later, let's just say you would call that kicking the can down the road. And I agree, that's what you're doing. But that's an acceptable decision. There's nothing wrong with that. But intentionally make that decision and give yourself the power to make a new decision later down the line. That could be a one hour. It could be a one day. It could be a one month. It could be in a year. But that to me is a once I... I got that, that decisions are not permanent. I can make a new decision. I can decide that wasn't the right decision. Move on, make a new decision. Once you get that, it's very empowering. Let's unpack that a little bit. I, I think I, I, I'm, I'm getting what you're saying. I just want to unpack it a little bit so I'm really clear. In other words, there is no sitting on the fence or no, there is no I'm deciding not to decide. You know, you're, you're, you're saying my decision is no right now. Correct. Yeah. I, you and I are saying the exact same thing, Patrick. I'm just saying that I I don't even want, I don't even want to give myself the room to say, no, no, I'm okay staying on the fence for now. I don't even want to give myself that room because if I do, I'm going to take it. That's, that's what most people do. So don't even, don't even give yourself that option. The answer is yes. or the answer is no. And the, and the follow-up is for now, and you can make a new decision later. If that's my decision-making model, we're saying the same thing. Yeah. It's just I don't give myself the room to stay on the fence on anything at any time. Well, it's interesting because on the last episode that you were with me that we talked about the power of language. And so this goes back to, although it may be semantics, it actually is language, right? So my answer right now is no. And that could change in an hour. It could change in a day. It could change in a week. But right now, it's no. I'm not on the fence. The answer is no. That's very good. And then you're right. You're absolutely right. That is, that's the importance of, that is the importance of language. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, the power of making a decision. And this is, I'll share this one because I've used this with coaching clients several times around making decisions. And I'll use this as an example. And, you know, often people are in jobs that they hate. I hate the job, but I don't think I can get a better job or I'm well paid or it fits in their lifestyle in some way, shape or form because they can, you know, be vague or there's not a lot of accountability. Anyways, it works for them, but they hate it. So they have this debate with themselves of, do I stay in a job I hate because of money and because of this working conditions that serve me, but I hate it? 
or do I quit? Now, you and I can look at it this at this point in our lives as compassionate capitalist entrepreneurs and go, dude, do that. Quit the job. But here's the fundamental is the power of a decision is, and I, I use it all the time, is in the case of this, a job, just make the decision. I've, I'm quitting. Okay. I've quit this job. So in other words, I am quitting. Doesn't mean I'm walking up to my boss and giving him my resignation, but you have to mentally quit to make the next part. Okay. Now, what does that look like? What is next? Okay. So if in your mind you've quit, I'm definitely quitting. I'm making a commitment. I'm going to tell my wife. I'm going to tell my husband. I'm going to tell whoever I need to. I'm going to make a declaration. I'm leaving my job. That mentally shifts how you view the world. And because then opportunities will show up. If you're sitting on the fence going, I don't know, opportunities won't show up, or if they do, you won't recognize them. You follow that train of thought? 100%. Here's what I, here's what I know for sure, and, I, and you know, this is so great. And I love your analogy of, of quitting because I think it's so, it's so good. If people ever, like if I ever tell myself, and I think if people ever tell themselves this, it's a, very, it's a big red flag, it's a cue. You should never say, I'll decide when. Mm-hmm. A decision never comes after something. It always comes before something. It's the preceding action to the rest of it. The decision is what unlocks. And this is, you know, this was taught to me by um, by people in my life, you know, over the last 20 years is the decision is what unlocks everything. And whether you believe in the universe and you want to go down the esoteric road and uh, law of attraction and vibration, all that stuff. And if you want to go down that road, great, go down that road. That's what it unlocks. And if you don't necessarily believe that stuff, that's okay. Just understand that that's what unlocks whatever you need within you to move forward. Without that decision, nothing happens, which is why I've always said, Patrick, if I ever uh, a, if I ever had kids, and B, if I was a parent, if I if I offered any parenting advice, which I would never do, but if I did, I would say the one skill, and it is a skill you need to teach children, is make decision making. It is truly the most powerful skill because if you can teach a, a child to make good decisions, and when I say good decisions, I don't mean always making the right decision. Good decision-making skills and making the right decision are two different things. This is not about the right decision or the wrong decision. This is about being good at making a decision. That's what this is about. You know, and so let's go a little bit deeper in this because decisions are such a skill to develop, making a decision and understanding. And with kids that when you make a decision, there are consequences that come with that. There's accountability that comes with those decisions. So back to your point around, you know, they're not always the right decisions, but if you help them make decisions and give them guidance, but what do we base our decisions on? And this becomes a values conversation. One of the easiest things in the world to do, and JG, you've been part of my journey now for a few years, and we, you know that I have a history of having stepped outside of my values for all the reasons, forget about the justification of it, I can, in reflection, understand why it happened and how it happened. And as soon as I stepped away from honoring my values and made decisions based on others' values, it has come back, back to bite me in the ass every single time. Yep. 
<laughs> That's all I got to say about that. Is, yep. <laughs> so, but we're, I, but, and I'll call myself out on it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not doing this work and, you know, I'm on. This, this is just another lesson. This is just another beautiful lesson that I learned from Patrick Francie that I didn't have to go through myself, but watch you go through and able to learn from you. So thank you. So when we honor our values, there are no wrong decisions. If we know our values, what are our highest values? And I'll tell you right now that when it comes particularly to relationships and whether those are romantic relationships or friendships and or uh, partnerships and or even significant others in terms of perhaps marriages. Aligning values is one of the most important conversations to have, but it's the most difficult work to do because many, many people, number one, don't even realize that they're living a set of values. Secondly, many who live a set of values are looking at them as moral values, and we're not talking about moral values. And then the next layer of complication comes in is that we're often living the values that we're taught to us by our parents. And those values, by the way, aren't necessarily ours. They're our parents. Therein lies the problem. We're not being true to ourselves, And that gets a whole complicated conversation, a little bit deep and a little esoteric, as you say. But ultimately, that's where powerful decisions get to be made. You're really clear on your values. And I know that you're clear. I shouldn't say that you're really clear. You, and they will change as, as you get old like me, you start to notice that your values are shifting and changing because you're in a different stage in your life. You know, you still like hot cars and, you know, fun stuff like that. And I'm going, no, I don't want to insure something else. I don't want to wash. I don't want to polish. I don't want, I don't want none of that shit. I don't care. I've got no attachment to it. I love my dogs. I love my home, you know, and Stephanie's that way. We align on those values. Now we've grown together in that regard. So that makes decisions easy. That's my point. What you just described, what you just described there was what I call the self-development tornado, which is uh, number one, oh my God, I'm actually, there's actually values that are driving me. First discovery, second discovery. Holy crap, they're not even my values. I've been living someone else's values all these years. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. And then then comes, and then you got to kind of pick yourself up from all of that and then rebuild yourself and and the fun part comes at once you discover all that the fun part comes next which is oh what what do i want my values to be and let's intentionally select these let's not just adopt what i think other people want me to have let's just select these and make those decisions so i agree a thousand percent on um okay so we're going to talk about something i'm going to interrupt you one second Oh, no, no, go. Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go with it? Well, well, I'll get to it. I'm ready. Okay, so here's the thing about living values, right? Is that when it comes to relationships, and you and I know this one really well, okay? I mean, people have to understand, we work a lot together and we align really well on just about everything. We we can piss ourselves, each other off, but just because we get tired of working with each other, we need a break. But the point is, is that we align on our values really good. We don't, we, we rarely debate or argue shit, do we? Very rare. And, and we're not afraid to call each other out on stuff. If we're out of whack a little bit, we don't take it personally. We know where it's coming from. That's because that's one of, that's both, that's both in our values. A hundred percent. So here's the thing about it is that we know. So for example, when we're working, we, when we have what we refer to on the real estate investment network as trusted partners, if they don't align with our values, that doesn't work. It's not going to work. Okay, so something we've never, Stephanie and I have never discussed on this show, and she'll probably be mad at me because she would want to share it, but it's her, it's her terminology. We've heard of FIFO. We need to talk about FIFO. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, so, so FIFO, you know, this is an interesting way to have relationship and to be understanding of relationship and values. And this is all about decision-making, folks, because these come back to deciding who the relationships are you're going to have and, or not. And there is a fundamental, we use the term FIFO. And what is it? Go ahead. It's Stephanie's. I'll say it. Fit in or fuck off. That's <laughs> yeah. our FIFO system, right? So in other words... I don't care what, it's not that I don't care about your values, but if your values are your values and they don't align with our values, then you can't be here. So don't fake it. Don't come in and say, I align with your values and then go off side and all of a sudden try and force your values on me. Your values aren't right and mine wrong or vice versa. Values are values. And if they don't align, then don't bring them into our environment. And we won't invite you in if you're telling the truth. And we won't do it because we don't like you. We just don't share common values. We uh, just literally uh, yesterday fired a client at Visture that did not fit in our values. And I, we fire clients at Visture at least every quarter. I fire one or two clients that are just don't fit into our values. And uh, and it's okay. Because, because if I continue to serve that client, I'm now violating my values. And, I'm vi- and, and that violates the team's values. That violates my team's culture. That violates my entire company. Uh, and I just won't do it. So clients, partners, staff, I don't care who it is, have to align with the values. And there's no judgment. That that's, This is the biggest lesson here is there's no judgment around your values are better than my values or my values are better than your values. This has nothing to do with what's right or wrong or what's better or worse. This just has to do with what is. And, and my values are my values. And this is how I've created this company. And this is how I want to live. And you're either going to fit in that or not. And that's okay. One way or the other is okay. But we can't, it's like oil and water. They cannot coexist because then, and if they do, and by the way, being a good salesperson, being a good communicator, being a good leader, I can convince anyone to, to, to fit in but that's not right for them either. So I don't want that because then they're violating their values and that's no better. Well, it always comes off the rails. It'll always, eventually it comes off the rails. Always. Every time. Sometimes it it takes a month. Sometimes it takes a year. Sometimes it takes 10 years. Yep. But it will always come off the rails. Always come off the rails. And it's one of the things that we have to shine a light on. You know, you look at, uh, for example, with the Real Estate Investment Network, I look at ProSkate, my other business, uh, Stephanie's business, Quantum Speed. And I mean, we still have people and it's all human and life happens and shit happens and it's, you know, there's no perfect. But I look at, I've got staff with ProSkate that have been with me over 20 years. You know, Rain, we, I mean, when was the last time we had turnover? Like we don't have people turn over. Rarely do we. You know, and it's because we created a great environment. And did it take some time to get there? And did we go through, did I go through lots of stuff doing that? A hundred percent. But the point is, is that Vistia is no different. You turn over the odd person, but ultimately we create a great working environment and people share our, our values, share common values. So they have fun coming to work. And that's what makes being in that business fun. And, and, you know, when it comes to speaking of this word turnover, you know, if you do have to turn, if, if you do have to make those decisions and people got to go, it's happening for one of two reasons. Either number one, the business's values are changing and evolving and that person no longer fits in. 
And that's okay. 100%. I cannot stress that enough. That's okay. They just don't fit in anymore. You have to make them, you got to allow them to go be happy somewhere else. Uh, or, or maybe the business's values haven't shifted, but maybe their values are shifting because they're getting older or whatever. New relationship they're, they're in. Could be all yeah, sorts of things. New, yes. New things happening in their life and they no longer fit in either. And that's also okay. Um, and, and I think if you, if people give themselves that freedom to understand this, my gosh, this isn't about judgment. This isn't about uh, any story you're telling yourself. This is just, it's very simple and it's very easy. It's just the values are no longer aligning and that's okay. You're better off to go find someone else who has the values that you need. That's all. Yeah. I had a, once, you know, I know we're talking about decisions, but values are so important around decisions and, and, you know, things that understanding even the staff and, and the, your team that you're building the decisions they make are going to be in alignment with the values of the business because for them, it's easy decisions to make because they live those values. They honor those values. I had a, a you know, one of the guys that worked with me at ProScape, he'd been with me 10 years. He was really a key guy and uh, we had a great working relationship, but I could see where, you know, he'd gotten married and then he had a couple of kids and, you know, we we're in this re retail environment and, but he gave me 12 months notice that he was moving on. Yeah, beautiful. Right? Because that's the relationship that we had. That was the values that we shared. And he wasn't leaving pissed off or he wasn't, he actually wished he didn't have to leave, but he also had a very strong reason and need to move on. And it was really, uh, it was really interesting. So the, the point is this, is this is a way to emphasize the values conversation, which, you know, you know, Stephanie and I talk about values all the time. I mean, it, to me, it's the heartbeat of life. And when you start to understand it, because it is a very difficult, it is actually for some, it's a very difficult conversation to have people arrive and really know what their values. I'd say 90% of people in the world don't know their values. Would you agree? Oh, 99. They think it's moral yeah. values. You know, if I said, yeah. what are your values? They're going to say honesty, integrity, um, being a nice person, you know, like, okay, we're not talking about moral values. We're talking about core values. We're talking about we driving. Talked about, we talked about on the other, you know, on the other episode, we talked about how one of my things, if it's not fun, I'm not doing it. That's because one of my values is fun. Like it's got to be fun. Yes. I, I put it, I put it at the top of the list. If it's not right. fun, I'm not doing it. And, and I stick to that and I make decisions around that. Well, that's the, that's the whole point. Let's go back to decisions. Yeah. So bringing it back to decisions is, is I think there's, there's two parts of decisions that if people just to kind of, you know, keep it, keep it something people can grasp, which is number one is understand three things. I'll say number one, understand that there's, there's no decision is very black and white. There's no gray with decisions. It's either yes or it's no in my world. I'm just telling uh, but I like that. I, I, I'm going to adopt that. And, and I, I think I adopt it using, like I say, we talked a little bit about semantics. I think I have that anyways, but I, I, I like the yes, no. I think that is really clear for decisions. Very black and white, yes or no. That's the first thing. The second thing, give yourself the freedom to make a new decision. And I got to tell you, I I was I had become a good decision maker uh, early on because it was a skill I practice. And I, being an entrepreneur, you have to make a lot of decisions. So I became good at making decisions. But when I figured out that I could make a new decision, that was the game changer right there. It because I'd gotten good at saying yes or saying no, making decisions. 
But then I felt locked into my decision. And that's where people, that's what people are scared of. They're scared of making a decision that they have to change. And now they feel they're out of integrity because they made, they have to change their mind. And people don't like that because they think they're out of integrity. But that's not the case. That's not true. That's a story you're telling yourself. At the end of the day, if you want to make a new decision because something has shifted, whether it's your values, someone else's values, or the situational awareness around you has shifted, you are totally allowed to make a new decision. That is within your right to make a new decision. So you can decide yes today and no tomorrow, and that's totally okay. And if you, if people can give themselves that freedom, my gosh, it is so empowering. Uh, and then the third thing, because I promised you three things, is, is understand that you're making those decisions, and they should align with your values. And the closer you align the decisions to your values, the happier you're going to be. That's where happiness lives. So let me ask you this, when we talk about decisions, because in when you think about business, you know, you make decisions and then you say, well, no, I, I'm going to redecide. There is a point where from driving a team point of view, you can't be indecisive. In other words, if you're going to make a business decision, you've got to make it and hold true to that because you're going to get, otherwise you risk getting your whole, your team moving in one direction and then changing directions. So is there is some difference there. If you need more time to make a decision, I told you, I, in my world, the decision is very, it's, it's black and white. So if I need more time to make a decision, the decision is no right now until such time where I make a new decision, which it might become yes, it might become no. Uh, but uh, there's, that's, so that's how I look at it from that perspective. Yeah, you can't, I mean, you're, you're a leader, you're moving, you're, you're, you're moving troops in a particular direction. So you can't be changing your mind every single day. But you got to give your also you got to give yourself the freedom to change your mind as often as necessary to to be a good leader. Well, I think there you're not rechoosing a yes or no. You may be making different choices. So, in other words, the outcome can be I'm making a decision to achieve an outcome. What then can change is the path you travel, the strategy you're going to use to achieve the outcome. So that's a little bit different. That's a and and I don't know, maybe we're going down the wrong path in this particular conversation, but you know, it's like, you know, once you make a decision, here's the outcome. Here's the outcome I want. We use the, you know, I use the metaphor of leaving a job. The outcome is this. I'm leaving the job. I've decided I'm leaving the job. It's done. I quit. Now, then you're working backwards from that outcome and you're making decisions as to how you're going to achieve that outcome. So it's a bit of a strategy. It's a bit of uh, tactics. But the point is, is the outcome hasn't changed. That decision stays true. Then you're changing tactics. That may be another way to look at things. Yeah, well, and, and that's, and I think that this is, this is where, uh, and again, I learned this early on in life, which is, this is what's so powerful. What I said a while ago is nothing happens until you make the decision. The first decision is the outcome. And you cannot... Uh, you cannot move in the direction of that outcome until you make the decision. So you decide on, yes, I want that. Uh, yes, I'm doing this. Perfect. So now you're moving in that direction. Well, from that point forward, now, now the fun start, the fun starts because how you're going to achieve that and how you're going to get there and how all of that stuff, you might have to make a million little different decisions and, and course correct a thousand different times to get there, but you can never get there until you make the big decision, which is, yes, I want that. Yes, I'm going in that direction. Yes, I'm doing this. So, and that's the part that, you know, you interpret and Patrick and people interpret as JG builds the parachute on the way down because I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I really don't care. It's not my job 
See, I learned that. I learned this from Bob Proctor. It's not my job to decide how I'm going to get there. My job is to decide what I want. It's either yes, I want that or no, I don't want that. Once I decide the the rest, the rest shows up. It's not my job. And, and, and once you get that and listen, at first, man, you, this is where you need other people to believe in you more than you believe in yourself. Cause at first you don't, you don't get that. It's hard to understand that it's, it's a hard concept to grasp, but after you execute on that a couple of times yourself, then you're thinking, shit, I, now I get it. And that's, that's the resolve. That's why I have so much resolve in the way I do make those decisions. Cause I've just seen it time and time again, it's been 20 years I've been doing this. So it's not like, I, it's not like I just learned this six months ago and tried it twice. I mean, 20 years of doing this. Here's what I see happen a lot, you know, when it comes to decisions. And this is one that you and I are pretty clear on. And that is we rarely make decisions by committee. We will, we may, you know, we will often, of course, we have our executive teams and we make decisions based on a conversation and, but it's not a committee decision. You know, in, in other words, you ultimately make the decision. The point of that is, and that's on a business level, I see and I hear time and time again, people will go to their friends, they'll go to their family, and I don't know, I'm thinking about quitting my job, I'm thinking about having a baby, I'm thinking about getting married, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about, what do you think, what do you think, should I, I don't know if it's the right decision, what's your thoughts, and so they get all of these views and opinions, of course, the key there goes back to the values conversation, which is sometimes that could be beneficial depending on who you're getting guidance from. You know, they have a different set of filters, but they're going to filter it through their values. So you have to be very cautious about where you're getting your guidance from and who you're bouncing that off. You know, somebody who knows you doesn't have an agenda, doesn't have skin in the game and can just look at it from a point of view going, the way I know you, the way I see you, here's something you better consider. As opposed to, if you do that, that's going to affect me. Therefore, don't do that. And this is beautiful, Patrick, because most people let other people do the decision-making for them. Then they don't have to take responsibility for it. Yeah, exactly. And that is that is horrible because they're making the decision based on, on their filters, on their values, on everything they got going on. And this may or may not be right for you you know, as a person. So that, that's not a good, that's definitely not a good idea If that. If you're doing that, you got to immediately take control of that. Cause that's not a good place to be, but I will, I want to come back to something you said, Patrick, and you'll, this, this is interesting. This we're going a little bit deep here, which is, which is kind of cool. You'll notice this from me, Patrick, I'm always, so I'm always making the decision, the outcome decision. Cause I know what I want. I know where I'm going and I'm going to make the decisions, the big decisions to get to the outcome You'll notice I I rarely defer those to, to other people. I'm going to make that decision, and if if it's it's either yes, it leads me to that direction, or no, it doesn't lead me to that direction. And I and I rarely waver on those. Rarely waver on those. It's the other little micro decisions you'll notice, and you'll get this now that I say it, because even I'm just I'm, I'm actually becoming aware of this as I'm going through this right now. You'll notice I often let other people decide that stuff. I'm not because because. You know, we, we, you and I are surrounded by teams around us. I don't get involved in the little decision. I let other people decide that. Whether we use that color or this color, whether we do this marketing approach or that marketing approach, I'm not even worried about that stuff. But I'm keeping everybody, including myself, focused on that big decision outcome. And that's what I'm driving. I'm driving the, think of it as like a locomotive, if you will. I'm at the front. I'm driving that. And I'm keeping my eye on the prize. 
all the other little, you know, the other cabooses and the other little decisions that come behind it. I'm not so involved in those. And because those really don't matter. We're going to try a bunch of different things. Some stuff's going to work. Some stuff's not going to work. That's okay. That's all part of the process. But the big decision, I keep very focused on that one. I think that's probably, you know, I know over the years that has been part of my own personal challenge, you know, as a, as a business owner, it took me a long time to get to a point where, for example, you know, now this many years later, I've got a business in Edmonton that's been around 37 years. I'm not in it day to day. I haven't even had a key to the door since 2007, right? So because ultimately I have to trust. Now, has it been perfect? Far from it. You know, there's nothing more challenging than running a business like that from another province or another city or not being there day to day. And as business owners, that's the most difficult thing to do. And it's not just about delegation. It's about actually building a team because you're not delegating. You're actually saying, this is what we're doing. And then the team has got to deliver on that and you support them, you guide them, you, you know, give them a hand where they need it. But on a day to day minutia stuff, forget it. You know, on that team in Edmonton, I literally have a 20 minute call, half an hour call once a week. And sometimes it goes, you know, and sometimes we get into, you know, annual or biannual kind of get togethers, but ultimately, man, oh man, that's a big step for many entrepreneurs to take. It was a big one for me and it's far from perfect, but ultimately, you know, that's really exactly what you're saying. Make sure you have, and, and I think there's also the other part of that conversation, surround yourself with people way smarter than you. <laughs> yeah. Which is not very difficult. I was going to say, in my, my case, that's not very difficult. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the decision, it's such a, and it, I just like, just like our language conversation, Patrick, decision-making is a skill. It's a, I actually view decision-making as a muscle. And, and the more I exercise it, the better I get at it. The, and then you'll notice if you, if you start to get like a perfect example, a perfect example, people will relate to this. When you go on vacation, your decision-making muscle typically goes, you know, down a couple notches because you're on vacation. You don't really care. That, you know, yeah, do this. Yeah, I'm laid back. It's all, you know, you're you're giving your decision-making muscle a break when you're on vacation. Oftentimes, unless you're that super A-type personality trying to squeeze it all in on the vacation, I get that too because my wife's like that. But the point is, is I look at decision-making like a muscle. I think the more you use it, the the better it gets, the stronger it gets, and um, and all of that really. I at the end of the day, all of it comes down to two things for me. One, you will, this isn't about the right or wrong decision. Quit that. This isn't about right or wrong. This is just about making the best decision you can in the moment with the information you have. So take some of that emotional edge off of decision-making. That's, that's number one. And number two, give yourself the room to make a new decision later. And, and without any judgment and, and detach yourself from that judgment. And man, if you can do those two things, you'll be such a better decision maker. Uh, and it's, it's such a powerful skill to, uh, to achieve your goals and to be happy, to live a happy life, which is what all of this is about. This isn't about the money, not about the real estate. It's about happiness. It is, isn't it? JG Francoeur, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Mindset Matters. And folks, if you want to dig a little deeper... Stephanie and I have relaunched our SHIFT program, Setting Honest Intentions for Transformation, where we'll be with you and take you on a journey of self-discovery and really creating a life on purpose. 
with intention, JG. And we're happy to launch that program. The link will be on the Everyday Millionaire Podcast Facebook page as well as the landing page. And you'll probably at some point, if you're listening to this, we'll reach out somehow, some way. But love to have you register for the SHIP coaching program. Bottom line, make the decision, register for SHIFT. Register for SHIFT. Thanks, JG. Thanks, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others. Share with your friends. As it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener, If you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com. That's ceo at reincanada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick out.